You're listening to the Really Useful Podcast. This is the tech podcast for technophobes from makeuseof.com. Welcome to the show. My name is Christian Corley, and later on I will be joined by Gavin Phillips and Ben Stegner as we bring you a collection of tips and tricks and discussions concerning things such as the Brave search engine, smartphone protectors, AI crypto trading bots, and much more besides. This week's show is a compilation of material that we have not previously brought to you from past conversations that have been trimmed out of the show because basically we don't want to take up too much of your time and we think that sort of 30 to 40 minutes is probably an adequate length for any podcast on technology aimed at people who aren't 100% au fait with tech. I'm going to move forward now with the rest of the show. Uh, We're going to kick off with a chat between myself and Gavin Phillips about various topics and then we'll move on to a chat between myself and Ben Stegner. Well, first, me and Gavin Phillips talking about AI apps, smartphone protectors, and AI crypto trading bots. AI is a topic we uh, return to almost every week on the Really Useful Podcast because it's, you know, it's a big thing and a lot of people are using it more and more in different ways. Um, it tends to be something you use on a PC, but there are plenty of AI apps for your phone, aren't there? There's a lot of AI apps out there now. Uh, they vary in uh, what they can do as well. So the ones you primarily think of, I guess, are ChatGPT, because that's the one everybody talks about, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but there's quite a few other ones out there as well. So we'll start with ChatGPT. Uh, that's the chatbot. You ask it a question, it gives you the answer, basically. Um, it is not 100% accurate all of the time. You should always take what it says with a pinch of salt in case it has hallucinated um and for those that don't know what that is ai hallucination is where uh like an ai tool will give you an extremely confident answer only for it to be complete gibberish um and these ai tools uh, are known for doing that uh, another one you can look at is wombo dream which is an ai art generator tool that creates images from text prompts it's a little bit like tools like mid journey or dali uh, you put a prompt in and it creates like an image um you might also know wombo from their face swap app where you ah. could upload a video of your a picture of your face and then it would put it to uh music um and it would make your mouth move and your head move and what have you so wombo were the people behind that as well Yupa is a mental health chatbot that uses cognitive behavioral therapy techniques to help and i quote help you calm anxiety improve your relationships be more productive and improve your mood uh that is a good combination of things to do in life um it's uh, an app that has lots of different uh settings and things to toggle you talk to it as you go through your week and update it um, and it generally helps you through your time uh, number four we have replica which is an ai chatbot companion uh designed for anyone that wants a friend with no judgment drama or social anxiety 
I find these apps a little bit weird, Christian, these um, AI chatbot companion ones. This is not the only one. Replica is just one of many. Uh, but they bring up like a, an avatar that responds to you. You chat to it. Uh, you can confide in it and all of this sort of stuff. Um, the main issues I have with them is that I don't think it actually helps uh, social anxiety. It could maybe make you more isolated and yeah, there's yeah. a lot of lot of privacy issues going on with apps like this if you're confiding in an app like replica without reading the terms and conditions about where that data is going you might run into problems later down the line especially if you're talking about um personal issues uh, and and more shall we say yeah um, the fifth one on the list, Be My Eyes, which is kind of interesting. Uh, it's a global community of volunteers that help blind and the visually impaired to perform everyday tasks. So you put what you want to do into it and it can bring up information um, and tips and guides on how you can do that if you are visually impaired and see from the replica one to this uh be in my eyes i think that's a really good use of yeah uh, ai technology helping people do things they might not necessarily be able to do um number six we've got bing which is similar to chat gpt uh ask a question you get an answer uh and rounding up the list we have elsa at seven which is an english learning app which i guess is similar to oh, what's the big one duolingo and the other one that i also can't remember the name of but it offers personalized english tutoring lessons customized lessons feedback uh, you can set it for different periods of time during the day. And finally, Otter. And this is one I've used quite a bit, actually. When I was unable to work for a period last year, but I still wanted to write and still needed to write and get thoughts down, etc., etc. But I couldn't because I had no arm. <laughs> uh, I used the Otter app as an AI-powered voice transcription tool. And you talk to it, it transcribes it, and then you can export it into another program, which is right. really, really useful. It's got better over the last year as well. So when I was using it, it would struggle with punctuation unless you were speaking quite clearly and leaving a significant pause at the end of a sentence. Otherwise, your sentence would like flow on into the next one. It was right, also yeah. not very good at figuring out where commas and things should go but over the last year it's really improved and it's now much better at inserting those into your speech so yeah that's that's the top eight ai apps you can use right now excellent that's quite a collection i have come across replica before i've seen um, reviews about that and uh, articles about that elsewhere it does seem a little bit a bit like having a sim in your pocket yeah it's it's kind of strange isn't it there's a lot of strange trends going on around these sort of um, chatbot companion apps and I guess if people are lonely and it does fill a void then sure it's worth it but it kind of it's veering towards a bit uh, Black Mirror-esque yeah. <laughs> vibe for me where you're talking to an AI to the detriment of your personal and uh, you know real world relationships for want of a better sure. phrase yeah it's not something I would uh, spend any time doing uh when was the last time you dropped a phone you know what christian what <laughs> it's funny you say that <laughs> because the reason i uh, i wrote the upcoming 
article we're about to discuss is because I was testing the new Nothing Phone 2, yeah, yeah. which uh, we spoke about last week. Yeah. And during my review phase, I, uh, I butterfingered the brand new $800 phone onto the floor. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely did, spot on <laughs> did you did you smash it thankfully it wasn't smashed there was a big oh. there was a gouge on the screen though right um and another big scratch and this is the first time this has ever happened to me whilst reviewing a smartphone. Yeah. And I contacted the PR firm. Well, it wasn't even a firm. It was nothing themselves and said, I've done this. What can I do about it? And they just messaged back and said, oh, you know, we'll get to it on Monday. During which time I messaged some other journalist friends and said, has anyone got this phone? Does it have a smartphone cover on it? A uh, screen cover? To which one of them replied, yeah, just peel it off. so i spent the whole weekend worrying that i'd broken this phone only for someone to say just peel the screen cover off mate don't worry about it so uh that was frustrating but that shows and illustrates perfectly the reasons you should put a screen protector on your smartphone because if you've spent hundreds of dollars on a smartphone why not spend a few more to protect the phone from any uh, issues, accidental or not, you may have with it? So the reasons you should do it is because it delivers drop and impact protection. Uh, you get scratch protection. It can reduce eye strains. Some protectors come with an anti-reflective or a UV or blue light filtering screen protecting properties. Uh, it prevents dirt accumulation, which is always useful. Some of the screen protectors have privacy um, filtering built into it, so you can only see the screen from one angle. So yeah. if someone's trying to side glance you, they won't be able to see. You can only see it when you're looking at from the front. It keeps your phone in pristine condition. Um, if you're like me, you do try and keep your phone in top-notch condition for the moment you go to upgrade. You can sell your previous phone. It serves as a mirror for those moments where you get caught short. The most important point is that a screen protector is cheap. You can spend five bucks for a decent one. You can spend ten bucks maybe for a really good toughened tempered glass one and there's just no reason not to have a screen protector it will save you so much pain that moment you drop your phone and it lands face down you know what you've just reminded me that i have i have a screen protector for my steam deck which i've never used well that must be massive yeah yeah it is yeah there's three of them as well so you just reminded me i should probably get that sorted out as it's becoming a more and more popular piece of kit in our house as uh, various games aren't released on xbox ah uh, okay i always found that so we have a nine inch huawei tablet that we bought i don't know six seven years ago uh and the case and the screen protector are bashed but underneath the actual tablet is still in really good condition and you know it's not going to get sold on again at this point but it does mean that the tablet's going to keep going probably for another good few years despite it now being you know relatively old do do people still use film protectors i didn't know they were still a thing i don't see them very much these days but i 
think they are still in use, maybe in a pinch. I would never advise to use one. No. They are thinner, more flexible and cheaper, but they don't offer anywhere near the protection of a tempered glass screen protector. No. I mean, the best I can do really is hold your phone together if should you drop it. Yeah, basically. It's just more like, yeah, it's glue until you get to peel it off and look at how many shards you've got. How many pieces your phone is in. Yeah. Yeah, God. <laughs> right. Now, listen, um, I'm going to have to uh, rely on Gavin for this next one as well. I have been getting a lot of messages on Twitter, adverts on Twitter and Facebook. I don't know why Facebook. I've never had, uh, I never expressed any interest on uh, crypto on Facebook. But uh, anyhow, adverts about trading bots. And I've seen YouTube videos about trading bots as well and strange kind of financial tricks that you can do. Them. They're apparently quite legal. And uh, our colleague Katie Reese uh, published an article, Can You Trust AI Crypto Trading Bots? Now, my opinion of this is... Um, if someone's uh, sort of jumping into your timeline trying to sell you something, it's probably not a good idea to uh, follow up on it. But I do notice that there's um, more and more crypto trading bots coming along. Um, some of them are programmable. Some of them are artificial intelligence-based. Gavin, what's going on here? Can you trust them? What what do they do? Uh, so we'll start with the, the second question. What do they do? And they're just effectively a, a small program, a piece of software that... Uh, analyzes the crypto market and buys and sells based upon whether it can make a profit. That could be a very small number of transactions creating a small amount of profit over and over again, or it might wait for a certain number to be reached and trade your, your crypto at that number. The, the, but the, the idea is to automate crypto trading to make it more profitable and take out some of the emotion um, and time investment required to trade crypto properly. So AI comes into it where it presumably has, a, I mean, what does it, I mean, does it have better insight? Does it, does it look at what's happening already and then make a judgment based on that? And do, do you give it permission to do certain things? Yeah, I think there's lots of different types of trading bots, uh, AI trading bots as well, but they all involve the use of algorithms that um, gather information and basically learn from from what's happened um, and use that maybe to predict the state of the market, basically giving you much faster reaction times without having to do quite as much research as you would have to do. But a large part of it, like I said, is just to be more profitable faster. <laughs> um, but the more time you spend um, looking at the AI trading bots, the more, I don't know, the more I read about them, the more I'm disinclined to think about using them. Um, yeah. Just, just because where they could be extremely profitable on one hand it just it would worry me that if a, a wrong decision could be made and because you've automated the process there's no way of, of stopping it or you're maybe not even aware that it's made a bad trade or anything like that it, yeah it's that's what i was thinking so i got this um link to, to, to a youtube video it came up in a feed or something like that i started watching it number one it, i thought well that's quite interesting then number two i thought i don't understand what this guy's doing <laughs> and it got me to the point because there's, there's there's a lot more to crypto trading than just buying you know buying some litecoin and then maybe selling some litecoin later on I, I've, I've used that as an example it's the first one that came to my mind it's probably not one that you would <laughs> make a beeline for if you were new to crypto trading at the moment but um well there's a lot more to it isn't there now there's there's 
this whole sort of um, these little loan things going on, small benefits that are more suitable for people with a larger sort of uh, crypto portfolio, isn't it? Yeah, for sure. There's a lot of like really complex stuff that goes on. A lot, I mean, a lot of it that I I don't even can't even begin to understand some of it these days yeah. uh, within the decentralized finance space. Thank uh, you. De- yeah, DeFi. Um, yeah, it's a lot of it is like lending one coin to a liquidity pool to get another coin out of it that you could then lend back to another one and this sort of stuff. Um, for most people, I think that's if you get really into crypto, you're going to be looking at maybe trying to get yourself more out of it by doing things like that. But for most people, the best option, aside from AI trading bots and all this sort of stuff, is I think the best investment strategy, not that we would ever advocate any trading strategy, nope. is um, to just dollar cost average. It's the best option for most people um and that's just you buy whatever you want to buy at a steady rate and you ignore market fluctuations at all times and that's that's what i do yeah um because if you're trying to chase the highs and the lows you're always gonna fail at some point with all the people that rushed in to buy bitcoin as it was on its way up towards the sixty one thousand dollars or whatever it was in the end uh a lot of people ended up buying at that sort of level and are still waiting for it to get back to that level and whether that happens or not it's anybody's guess Now, let's have a look at this. You've gone online and you found a website and you've uh, favorited it. You've added it to your bookmarks, as we say these days. We used to say favorite all the time, didn't we? Now it's bookmarks. How I think it was just Internet Explorer that used favorites. I that's don't think probably any what it other is. browser yeah. has ever. Firefox <laughs> has been bookmarks forever, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. yeah. Same with Netscape before that, yeah. Uh, so anyway, and you gather them together and you've got them to, and uh, you've, you've got the best websites that you think are the best websites, but that's not necessarily the case. It's always good to have a curated list of top useful websites that you can just rely on uh, when the time comes, when nature calls, as it were. Uh, my uh, podcast co-host for this week, Ben Stegner, has compiled a list of 30, 30 insanely useful websites that will come in handy someday yeah it's a lot of websites i don't think there's any for when nature calls i might need a different (laughs) list of of websites for that but uh yeah we got a nice big list here that are kind of i mean most of us know about the really popular websites obviously so i didn't include stuff like youtube um but there's a lot of lesser known sites that are uh really fun to know about and they might be kind of niche but You'll be you'll appreciate knowing them someday. So since there's thirty, I thought what we could do is maybe if I go through and give like a one sentence summary of each one, and then I'll, and if you want to stop me on any and offer well before a comment, you do that, do. I'm just okay. reminded of Dig. I never used Dig, but I know the name. It was I like a curating. Was Dig. Yeah. Oh, it's still around, is it? I think it's still around. I'm not sure. It doesn't do what it used to do, which was give you great websites. Uh, really, stumble upon? Is that what you're that's, thinking of? No, you're absolutely right. It was stumble upon. Yes. Okay. I got so many great websites from stumble upon. That yeah, you know, I used to like that. I forget where I first heard about it. It might have been just from a friend or something. But yeah, yeah it was just here. fun to just click around and see what there was. Um, 
Is that still yeah, there? I, I, is that still a thing? This the domain is still there. They shuttered it a couple of years ago. Um, I, I'm sure there's some kind of alternative, but it, that, that site was just so well made, and you could yeah. You could specify your interests and share stuff easily. Like it was really slick. I don't, I don't, to my knowledge, there's not like a really nice, easy one to use that was like it. Well, our colleague Dan Price has compiled a list of eight stumble upon alternative sites that still oh, okay. work to pass time. So I'll include that in the show notes as well. But uh, as you were, these are 30 links. Ben? Sure. So I, I'll give a one sentence summary for each one. And if you want to stop me and add anything, please do. Okay. So number one is student.com. Uh, it's a place to find cheap accommodations as an international student. Uh, number two is inner body. It has uh, interactive guides to human anatomy, including all of these systems of the body. That is gross. Uh, clean. Yeah, that is. It's, it's probably, it's not, it's not nasty, but it's definitely one. If you, uh, you know, if you're really interested, great. If not, probably don't need all the dirty details. Um, number three is Clean PNG, which has uh, free high-quality PNG images with actually transparent backgrounds. Uh, Pixlr is number four. It is a, an in-browser image editor, sort of like Photoshop. Uh, number five is Pixabay. It's a free stock image website with millions of images to download for free with no attribution. Number six is PrivNote or PriveNote. Uh, it's a website where you can create a note that, that self-destructs after the person that you send it to has read it. Number seven is Skyscanner. It is a flight comparison site that lets you check prices without having to look at every airline site individually. Uh, number eight is Spot a Home. It's a website that lets you uh, rent an apartment or home for a mid to long-term period. I keep saying Ooh. everything's a website. I don't need to say that every time. Um that, that particular site is uh, only really offering places in Europe right now. So right. if you're in the U.S., probably not relevant to you. But if you're traveling to Europe, maybe. Uh, number nine is down for everyone or just me. <laughs> this will tell you if a website is actually fully down or if it's just a problem on your end. Number 10 is Bachelor Studies. It's a comprehensive site to help you find a bachelor's program uh, anywhere in the world with a variety of filters you can use. Uh, number 11 is Ninite. This is an easy software download site where you check a bunch of boxes for the tools you want and then download them all in one go. Uh, number 12 is Lucidchart. It's a free uh, flowchart software that's easy to use in your browser. Number 13 is called Eat This Much. It is an automatic diet website where you enter details about what you want to eat and your fitness goals and it will create meal plans for you. Oh, that's useful. Yeah, it's sort of like ChatGPT, I guess. Uh, but, but does that now, uh, but this was before that, a little more customized. Uh, number 14, I love this one, Just Watch. It is does many things, but the best feature is that when you type a show or a movie in, it will tell you where uh, what streaming services you can watch that show on. Number 15 is How Long to Beat. You can look up any video game, and it will tell you about how long it will take to finish the game, whether you're doing it just to beat the story or complete everything the game has to offer. Uh, number 16 is Diff Checker. You can upload two files and it will highlight the differences between them. Uh, number 17 is Dillinger. It is an online markdown editor that you can use to type uh, to your heart's content in markdown. 18 is Fast.com. It's provided by Netflix and it's a very simple speed test website oh, for your easy. internet connection. Yeah, I, I usually use speedtest.net, but Fast is easier to type and it's nice and clean for people yeah. that maybe aren't as experienced. There's less clutter. Uh, 19 is dictation.io. It allows you to uh, dictate text with your voice. 
Uh, number 20 is flight stats. You can enter any flight and see info such as the departure time and where it, what gate it's uh, departing and arriving at. Number 21, I use this all the time for the site, every time zone. You can see every hmm. time zone in the world lined up, uh, and you can also create an account to customize which time zones appear. Makes it really easy to, I'm breaking my one sentence rule here, but it makes it really easy to schedule meetings and know what time it is everywhere instead of having to click around a bunch. Uh, number 22 is PDF Escape. It's a simple online editor that lets you uh, make changes to PDFs without installing dedicated software. Number 23 is Infogram. It's a uh, free uh, infogram creator that you can use for various charts, reports, social media posts. Uh, number 24 is Alternative 2. It's a site where you can look up any software or app, and it will give you alternatives, both free and paid. Yeah, it's a good site, though. I've used that a few times over the years. It is really nice, especially if something goes offline or yeah. becomes abandoned. Uh, number 25 is Jitsi Meet. It's a super simple video conferencing app where you just type in uh, a name for your call and anyone can join it without an account or any other nonsense. Number 26 is random.org. It has a bunch of randomizers, which you can use to do something like roll a dice or flip a coin truly randomly. Number 27 is Squoosh. It's an easy image compressor that lets you see your changes in real time. Number 28 is name check. It lets you type a username and you can see everywhere that that username has been taken. So you can set up if you want to use one name across YouTube, Slack, Twitter, whatever. You can see it all in one place if it's available. Will that also help you to check out where you've used your username previously? Yeah, it well? could be the same thing too. Maybe yeah. if you're if you're trying to change your username on every site and you want to see where you've used your old name versus your new name. Um the only, I know the only place I currently use my old username is on Twitter because it's an inactive account, has it locked, and I want it, but uh, they have it stuck, so maybe they'll clean that up sometime. And then two more here. Number 29 is Manuals Lib or Manuals Lib. Um, it is an online manual library where you can find the instruction booklet for pretty much anything you can think of. And then number 30 is Cloud Convert. It's a simple online file converter where you can convert basically anything to anything else for free. Wow. And uh, yeah, they're very, some, as you can see, a lot of these are very just like simple use, like one specific thing. Uh, it's the kind of thing where if you bookmark it, you'll be appreciative. You'll appreciate it uh, when you need it. Yeah. It's a really good uh, collection of links. I'll, uh, there's, there's a few that I'm going to check out further, such as, um, uh, the one that I've opened, but I can't be bothered checking the tab. So I'm just scrolling up, uh, dictation.io. Uh, <laughs> I th yeah, I think I'm going to check that one out, definitely. I think I need to actually try that myself because I've, I, I think I talked about this on the show, but in our Slack, I've asked people if anyone uses like voice dictation software because I type so much and it would be nice to have an option. I, the the built-in feature in Windows is just terrible. Like it, it feels like you, you spend more time correcting it than you do saving time speaking. Um, yeah. But I've really appreciated using the speaking feature on my phone recently. So I was looking for something like that for uh from for my computer listen there's uh something you need to know about your browser and that it has a search engine built into it which is probably using google search one way or another for instance uh DuckDuckGo uses google search obviously google search uses google search bing uses bing search but uh you know that has comes with its own privacy issues if you want a private alternative search engine that is google and bing free then brave might be the one 
to check out. Uh, it has its own index. It stopped relying on Google previously. It used um, Bing for a time, but now no longer does. So uh, I'm not going to go in depth of this because this is kind of basically a bit of advice. This is a tip, basically. If you're looking for some proper Google and Bing free search results, then check out Brave. DuckDuckGo uses Google. It strips out a load of the, you know, the, uh, the the tracking and all that stuff. That doesn't, you don't get that with DuckDuckGo, but you still get the Google results. With with Brave, you get something completely new. So it's worth having a look at that. And, of course, uh, using the Brave browser as well. Although, you know, browsers are another matter entirely because nearly all the browsers are based on Chromium. Except you, for f- have you used Brave at all? I've thought I about I haven't used it. it since this has happened. Okay, I've thought about I the my problem with I'd love to try a different search engine just solely to I mean I know one person changing isn't going to do anything but just to you know reduce Google's overwhelming monopoly. Yeah. Um I every time I've done it in the past I mean I've pretty much only ever tried um DuckDuckGo and it just it the results just aren't there. It's more it's I mean if you're just googling, you know, YouTube to get to YouTube, like that's that's one thing, but when you're trying to find like specific troubleshooting information or like, there will be like a Reddit post that I remember I saw uh, 3 months ago and I'm trying to share it with a friend and if on, if I google on Google you know, like five words from the post Reddit, it pulls it right up where I was trying to find that kind of thing on DuckDuckGo or Bing is like impossible. So I, I, I use Google just because of that. Like it's just so good at finding what I want, even though I don't want to support the company, you know? So yeah, yeah. if I could find a good search engine that didn't have all that baggage along with it, that'd be nice. But I've used Brave's browser a little bit here and there, but I've never like taken the plunge to make it my primary. Well, if you've made it this far, then you've made it to the end of this week's really useful podcast. Thanks very much for listening. The topics that we've discussed in the show, you will find in the show notes, which accompany this podcast in most places that you find podcasts. Speaking of which, if you are able to leave us a review, please do. Five-star reviews will get read out on the show. Thanks in advance. Uh, Reviews do help us to uh, grow the show, so that would be greatly appreciated and of course if you've uh, heard anything that you consider to be useful or shareable that someone that you know would uh, be able to well make use of then please send them a link to the podcast and uh, let them listen to it for themselves or at least a link to the uh, relevant item in the show notes we'll be back for a new show next week until then take care it's goodbye from us